Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lock. End zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Seattle. That touchdown pass last night uh, came at the end of a 92-yard drive led by Drew Locke. They only had one timeout left when they took over with a minute 52 left. They never actually even used or needed that timeout. Brilliant final drive by Seattle. Great throw, great catch. Didn't seem at any point, honestly, in watching that game, that Seattle would win the game, that they were the better team. But they did, and they needed it. They're alive at 7-7, seven and seven, and the Eagles, on the flip side, have lost now three games in a row. Uh, good morning. Two guests on the show today. Nikki Javala from the Washington Post will be on with us at 11. Mike Jones from The Athletic will join us at noon. Uh, More on last night's game in a few minutes because the Eagles really are now in a bit of a free fall. Uh, I actually thought Jalen Hurts looked better and physically better than he's looked in a while, but he threw two huge fourth quarter interceptions in that game. But we will get to that game and kind of the mix in the NFC, which is uh, pretty bunched up in a lot of ways. Um, Maybe it doesn't even matter at this point because the 49ers, if they stay healthy, are so superior to everybody else uh, in the conference. Breaking news, by the way, here this morning. Breaking news. This is really breaking news for Sabah and the Taylor Heineke What do they call them? The Hivers or the Hive? The Heineke Hivers? Whatever they call them. Taylor is going to start for the Falcons Sunday against the Colts in a must-win game for Atlanta. Desmond Ritter benched uh, by Arthur Smith. Uh, Taylor Heineke being brought back in. He didn't really play that well when he played earlier in the year, but... You know, he's got that chance here like he had last year at the end of the year with Washington. A team on the bubble, the playoff bubble, with a couple of must-win games in late December. Um, you know, I think the Fox affiliate here in D.C. should put the Falcons-Colts game on Sunday at 1 and have Heineke's game on. Washington plays the Jets, but it's on CBS at 1. Did you see, I bring it up because did you see Denton? That Buffalo Dallas on Sunday outdrew Washington LA in this market, television ratings wise. Not just by a little too, by like a hundred thousand people, right? Yeah, pretty much uh, ninety thousand. Yeah, ninety thousand viewer uh, more viewers tuned in to Buffalo Dallas on Sunday on Fox at four twenty-five than we're watching Washington LA. Um, now I do know. And Neil and Rockville may be able to help me out with this. So, Neil, if you're listening, just send me a quick text explaining. But I think DirecTV's had an issue with 
the local Channel 9 CBS affiliate. And so people who have DirecTV couldn't watch the game. Is that true? I think that's true. That is, that is true, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe that impacted things, I guess. I don't know exactly how that works. But, you know, it's not actually a new thing. Dallas outdrawing Washington here in D.C. in terms of eyeballs watching on television. It's happened. In fact, the Cowboys and Ravens both have outrated, outdrawn the skins in the D.C. market many times over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, So it's not that surprising. Hell, I wanted to watch Dallas Buffalo. I bet a lot of you did too, and maybe many of you did. Um but maybe Taylor Heineke's Falcons on Sunday can get a ton of viewers on Christmas Eve at 1 o'clock. Uh, you know, the, the, I think we all have, I don't want to say we all, I think many of us have this sense that things will start to turn around and will start to improve. Uh, we know that they cannot get worse than they were during the Snyder years with this new ownership group. And I really believe that the new ownership group, and I know that a lot of you have been reaching out to me to say, you know, oh, all my Philly friends about Josh Harris and all he wants to do is make money. And look, Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails care deeply about this city and about this football team. And in the case of Josh Harris, he's owned sports teams before. I think is impossible for to ever be worse than it's been. So I'm looking forward to a true new day beginning at the end of this season. This season's always been kind of a transition from the Snyder era to the Josh Harris era. If he had purchased the team much earlier and the the sale had been finalized say in, you know, March or April or May, we may have had kind of the first year of the Harris football uh, franchise this season. Um, So I am looking forward to that. And I would imagine, I hope that, you know, for, for those of us that remember this city being quiet during a Sunday four o'clock game against the Rams or against anybody um, with just, you know, uh, television ratings in the thirties and forties, not the low teens, um, I, hopefully we have a chance for December and January to mean something again. You know, I say that, and I think sometimes we forget. Last year, they had big games in December and January. That Sunday nighter against the Giants was a legitimate big-time game, as big as they had played in in a long time. I don't really consider that Philadelphia game in the COVID year uh, that big. Even that playoff game didn't feel super big because they just weren't very good. Um but anyway, uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke is the breaking news. That was for Sabah and all of the Taylor Heineke hive people. Um, Ron Rivera yesterday, got to get to this. Ron Rivera yesterday held his day after game Monday presser with the beat reporters in town. Nikki Javala, who will be on with us at 11 a.m., asked Ron Rivera this hypothetical question. Ron, if, if the team were in 4-10 and ten and you were competing for a playoffs, would this be the same scenario? Would you continue forward with Sam? Or is this about developing him versus turning to, to Jacoby? Well, if, if, this was about, if this was about playoffs and, and you know, we're right in the middle of it and, and stuff like that, 
that's something you have to most certainly consider. You know, are are we do we still have that opportunity to continue to win? You know, and that's that's one of the things you always consider because again, you want to make sure everybody's getting the opportunity to be successful. I mean, oh, that Ron, that Ron just doesn't know when too much information is too much information. I love the question. It's a question perfectly suited to find out who they think right now gives the team the best chance to win. And also to find out how they would have handled the situation had Sunday meant something against the Jets. Like, let's just say that they did get the ball back at the end. I mean, it's been kind of hard for them to get the ball back against anybody this year. But what if they did get the ball back and they somehow won that game in overtime? And they were five and nine instead of four and ten, two games out of the playoff race, still mathematically alive with three to go. I think he just told you Jacoby Brissett would be the starting quarterback Sunday against the Jets. Um, he didn't need to answer it. You know, it would have been funny, by the way, uh, Denton, and, and I asked you to pull this sound. Um, it would have been funny had his answer to Nikki been like his answer was to Grant Paulson last year, being totally clueless that he had been eliminated. Remember clarify, last year after the Cleveland game? To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then you guys are eliminated. I mean, that would have been funny had he said to Nikki, "We are are we eliminated? Have we been eliminated?" Um, but he remembered uh, and he knew uh, that they were eliminated. Um, look, <sighs> the answer to that question from Ron is: I'm not getting into hypotheticals. We're four and ten. Sam's been our starter all year. We went with Jacoby because we thought it made sense for Sam to sit down at that point, down three touchdowns to protect him. You know, and he could throw in something about Jacoby's worked hard all year and thought we'd give him some reps in a game that we were down three touchdowns headed to four and ten in. But he can't help himself. You know, he he created the possibility of some level of controversy. I say some level of controversy because a lot of people don't care about this, but in our little world, in our little community, uh, it is interesting. The game became interesting Sunday, and the conversation that followed became interesting because he did p- put Jacoby Brissett into the game, and Brissett played really well. But he created the possibility of that level of conversation by putting him into the game in the first place. And then he answered the question Nikki asked him. Honestly. He answered it. And you got to understand, for those of us that have, as Galdi uh, says and refers to it, for those of us that speak Ronnie's, when he answers a question like that, you know he's telling the truth. When he's answering a question that he probably shouldn't answer, that's when you know he's telling the truth. I mean... You know, the development of Sam all season long, you know, when they would lose a game, it was all about being patient. We're developing, you know, the quote from beginning of the season, send me my my Lombardi ring. Um, you know, I'll be vindicated because I will have left you with 40 of 53 players and I will have left you with a starting quarterback. Every time something went wrong, it was about development. Every time it went, you know, something went right, it's like, hey, we're trying to win. Um, I And he gave you both. And that answer, you know, he gave you the development, but he gave you also that, you know, had this game on Sunday meant something, 
Jacoby Brissett would have been the starter. I, I guess, look, it's it's been a matter of what's convenient in the moment, typically, for Ron. But do you think there's any looking back, coulda, woulda, shoulda, shoulda ving it uh, with Jacoby Brissett after Sunday out there? Um, just like we shouldn't have probably started Carson Wentz against the Browns. Maybe we should have started Sam Howell, or maybe we should have started Taylor Heineke, who knows, against the Browns. Uh, I, I, I don't think, like, I think they, this season really has been, because they boxed themselves in last January after the Cowboys' meaningless game. They boxed themselves in when they said, we got our guy. He's QB1. Did you see him against the Cowboys? They knew they weren't going to be able to make any big-time moves. They weren't going to make a a move for a big quarterback like they did for Russell Wilson or they did for Matt Stafford because of the ownership situation. And they slapped the QB1 label on Sam and said, we got our guy. And it was really hard from that moment on to kind of go back They signed Jacoby Brissett because, on one hand, it was like, we can win if we develop the quarterback and prove that we got this guy right uh, in the minds of, you know, perhaps ownership and fans and media members. But we could also win to a certain degree if we win some games and if we're in contention. And that's why we need Jacoby Brissett, just in the event we're wrong about Sam. Because you know what? They didn't know either. They didn't know. It was a wish cast from the beginning. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe uh, Jacoby got into the game on Sunday and Ron did what he did with his wife on the ride home from the Cowboys game last year, and he turned, her, t- turned to her and said, I had no idea Sam was that good. Maybe he didn't know that about Jacoby Brissett either. Here's what doesn't make sense, though, really. You know, if this was all about developing a young quarterback – and this was the priority all along. Um, they knew, and he spoke to it at times, as did Eric Bieniemy. There were going to be some ups and downs. We're going to let him work through everything. We're going to let him. We're going to leave him in the game against Buffalo. Why? Because we want to see him work through these situations. Left him in the game against a cu- couple of teams that were kicking their ass when he wasn't playing well, but not Sunday. Sunday wasn't a day to let him play through it. Why? Because that was not the worst Sam's played. That was not a beating that he was taking, like in some of the other games where he couldn't, you know, whether it was the offensive line or Sam Howell. I mean, I'm I'm beyond that. A lot of the sacks are Sam's fault this year, and a lot of the sacks are the offensive line's fault. Probably more are Sam's fault this year. Okay, let's leave it at that. But he wasn't taking sacks. He wasn't getting beaten up. He wasn't getting... You know, uh, he wasn't left unprotected. Many of you suggested, and one of our callers said this, or maybe it was a tweet yesterday, that once Tyler Larson left the game, that's when Jacoby Brissett came in. But Ron said that had nothing to do with it. I, I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I wonder why they made the move there. It wasn't because they were trying to stay alive in the playoff race mathematically down 28 to 7 with seven and a half minutes to go. I mean, they you know, nobody's bringing a team back from that deficit. It is one in, you know, in 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 500,000 probably. Chance. That's probably not that. It's probably one in 
probably one in 50,000. Down 21 with seven and a half to go. Um, but uh, something made them make that change. I think it was frustration with Sam. And I think that's really what should be a big takeaway from Sunday is that they've gotten to the point where the progression has slowed and it's possibly regressed some of uh, of what they were hoping uh, he would be at at this point. And there's no chance that they really know for sure. Like if they if they're asked for a recommendation on Sam, they'll say all the right things. But if they really get into the football thing, they'll express some some of the same concerns that they've probably had from the very beginning. I think the big takeaway from Sunday is that Sam's ability to see it, to process it, to do what they've wanted him to do, what they've coached him to do, it just finally got frustrating for them that he wasn't doing it. And he, and, he, and he wasn't making progress in some of those areas. I still personally, a day later, two days later now, excuse me, I would have left him in there. I would have let, let him work through it. There is no upside at all. And there wasn't on Sunday in playing Jacoby Brissett. None. You committed to Sam Howell. You committed to him You know, pretty much early in the year that this was going to be about developing Sam Howell, and you stopped it at the end of a game, and you put a guy in there that clearly made it look like Sam wasn't anywhere near where some thought he was. Um, I got this from Trip. <laughs> Trip wrote me, I don't know why you're taking Jacoby Brissett's final two drives so seriously. They were in prevent. The Rams were up three touchdowns. The mindset was completely different. The game had become meaningless. Um, and then he went on and on about how um, he also agreed that Sam probably shouldn't have been pulled from the game, that Sam may have had the same results over the final few minutes that Jacoby had. Um, there's nothing about watching the Rams defensively uh, that says they were in prevent. Nothing. Um, they rushed four consistently. Were there exotic blitz packages? Uh, were they trying to confuse the quarterback a lot? Were they playing basic, four, you know, a, a basic four-three defense? Yes, but they were not in prevent. Just so everybody's clear on that, they did not go to prevent defense with seven and a half minutes to go. Um, they played basic. Uh, defense without a lot of exotic, it looked like at least, uh, pass rush um, looks or packages. What they were doing in the secondary may have been similar to what they were doing all game, um, but they were not necessarily really coming af- after uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, even after they got the ball back down 28-14 and they were driving. Uh, so th- you're wrong about that. Uh, trip, But the other thing that's just kind of interesting about that, and I have no idea what your thoughts were about the season finale, but there was so much conversation in the offseason about the Cowboy game. And, you know, this was the game that, you know, clearly convinced the, you know, Ron Rivera and everybody else that they had their quarterback. You know, the Dallas game from last year, the end of the year game in which there's no chance you actually think the Cowboys, once the Eagles got up, were really playing good football or really trying that hard. Um, Washington didn't even have their full slate of players. 
And Sam went 11 for 19 for 169 yards, one touchdown, one pick, and ran for 35 yards. He had a good game. Did not have an all-world game, as it's been described many times. He had a good game. I mean, he actually looked like he could play a little bit. And, and that was exciting. It was exciting. It got made into a lot bigger than that from a lot of people. And that game was actually less intense from the opponent's standpoint than the game on Sunday probably was. I mean, Dallas played the worst game and the, the, the least interested game they played all year in the season finale against Washington last year. Their punter couldn't even hold on to a snap. I mean, Prescott threw it to Washington's defenders three times, and they returned one for a touchdown, could have returned two more. But anyway, enough about that. That was last year. I am interested to ask all of you and open up phone lines at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Why you think Sam was pulled from that game on Sunday? To me, listening to Ron talk uh, yesterday, listening to him talk, and by the way, let me just also make one thing clear. He's going to start Sam Howell Sunday against the Jets. That is the plan. That's what he said after the game. Sam's still their starter, and he's going to start Sam against the Jets. I wonder how Eric Bieniemy feels about that. I wonder if Bieniemy said, look at my offense when somebody can run it over the final two drives. Maybe getting a little bit carried away over two drives over the course of an entire game or the course of an entire month. Maybe Jacoby Brissett would have had similar results. But I think that his experience as a quarterback, especially one in the pocket, and his size, a couple of other attributes too, I think they actually would have been a more competitive team. I mean, how many more wins would they have had with Jacoby Brissett? Two? I think that's a possibility. Uh, would it have mattered if instead of being four and ten, they were six and eight with a chance to to sneak in as a seven seed over the final three weeks of the season, which doesn't look very good anyway because they're playing the Cowboys and the 49ers and a really good defensive team Sunday. And even if they were to sneak out an eight and nine wild card berth, what are they going to do? I mean, they're not going anywhere. So would that have been better? But if you have asked the question over the last twenty four to forty eight hours or thirty six hours. What would their record have been had they gone to Jacoby Brissett this year? It would have been better. It would have been better because you would have had an experienced quarterback, not one that was being developed. And Sam was really good and responsible for some of those wins. He was great in the Denver game. He was uh, he was pretty damn good in the uh, in the Falcons game in the first half. Anyway, what were the other wins? I'm forgetting now. Who else did they beat? They beat Arizona. He did not play well in that game. And they beat the Patriots. He played pretty well against an experienced defensive coordinator. Threw a terrible pick at the end of the first half, but wasn't bad. Yeah, they'd probably have two more wins. Denton, how many more wins would they have had had Jacoby Brissett been the starter all year? I'd say I'd say probably two or three. I think they'd probably beat Seattle, and they'd take one from uh, Philly for sure. I'd, look, the two Philly games were were Sam's. You could say maybe Sam's two best games of the year, right? Yeah, I would say they were. I would say the two Philly games and the Seattle game were probably his three best games. But yeah, I do think so that they win if Jacoby. The, the, the defense cost him dearly in those games, as they did in almost every loss this year. After the Bills game, after Week Three, yeah, it's it's somewhere around two, you know, maybe three. They probably beat Chicago. 
I don't know if Man, Sam they, is responsible the, the, for that the, one, the defense could not stop Chicago at all in that Thursday night game. See, the problem with this is that Jacoby wasn't going to change what they were defensively, and there wasn't going to be more pressure taken off them defensively. They moved the football this year at times. It didn't matter. They couldn't get off the field or stop teams from getting big chunk plays on the other side of the ball. I think maybe they beat the Giants once. Maybe they beat, you know, I don't know. Maybe they beat Seattle. It's It, it would have been two more wins. If it's, if it's three, you're sitting here with meaningful games, but for what? To what end? Because you're staring at, you know, the 49ers and the Cowboys in the final two games. It's not really the question I, I want to ask you. I want to open up phone lines at 301-230-0980 to ask you why you think they finally benched uh, Sam Howell on Sunday. Why did he do it? It wasn't to protect him. That doesn't make any sense at all. If they wanted to protect him, they should have pulled him from the Miami game. They should have pulled him from the Dallas game late. They should have pulled him from uh, the, um, uh, the Bears game. Although that actually got competitive. That, the Bills game, for sure, they should have pulled them. I think they got to the point where it was very frustrating. Not the plays that he makes, because he makes plays, and he made plays Sunday. It's the plays that he misses, I think, that frustrated them the most. And they wanted to see the plays that were there being taken advantage of. 301-230-0980. If you want to answer the question, how many more games would they have won with Jacoby Brissett, you can do that as well. 301-230-0980. Phone lines are open. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Team were in four and ten, and you were competing for a playoffs. Would this be the same scenario? Would you continue forward with Sam, or is this about developing him versus turning to to Jacoby? Well, if, if this was about if this was about playoffs, and and you know we're right in the middle of it, and and stuff like that, that's something you have to most certainly consider. You know, are are we do we still have that opportunity to continue to win? You know, and that's that's one of the things you always consider because again, you want to make sure everybody's getting the opportunity to be successful. Ron Rivera yesterday uh, answering an excellent question, um, but probably one in which he should have just said, "Look, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. We're four and ten. 
gave Jacoby some reps because he's earned them after all this year. They, we were down three touchdowns, and we thought we'd give Sam a rest. This season continues to be about you know Sam's development. We love a lot of things that are going on with Sam. Can't wait to see him against a really good New York Jet defense on Sunday. Um, but no. Uh, 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. So um, the question is, why do you think they got to the point where they pulled Sam from that game? Yeah, it was after an interception, the only interception he threw. There were other potential interceptions during the course of the day. There were some bad throws, probably a lot of misses. A lot of misses in the game, I think, on Sunday. I think there have been probably a lot of misses for many of the games. But from our standpoint, a lot of times that gets covered up by the the plays that Sam ends up making. Off schedule more often than not. It hasn't all been off schedule this year. You know, you don't throw for 300-plus yards in three consecutive games all off schedule. You know, there was a lot of, during that stretch, a ton of quick game and loved the way they were designing it early to get him into rhythm. He can throw it. There's no doubt about it. But why do you think they ended up yanking him in that game? And why do you think Ron basically, and I think when Ron answers a question that he probably shouldn't answer, that's when you know he's telling the truth. I think we've learned that over a long period of time with him. Uh... Why do you think that you know they've come to the conclusion that Jacoby would give them a better chance to win games? I, I think they're probably right. I think they may have known that at some point earlier in the season. Um, but I don't know that this season was about that. Although he has said it's been about that at times. And then at other times he hasn't. Why do you think he got yanked Sunday? My answer, simply put, I think they were, there was a level of frustration that had finally gotten to, to Ron and, and some, some of the others. And, yeah, I do think there's an element of Sam's not seeing it. They're frustrated. He's frustrated. Let's sit him. Let's give him a break here. All right? And maybe putting Jacoby in the game, maybe he'll learn if Jacoby can get it done with some of the things that we think are open, maybe he'll be able to learn from that by watching Jacoby out there play. Maybe there's some of that involved as well. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 301-230-0980. Interrec Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's start with Marvin and Herndon. Marvin, go ahead. Marvin, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? I got you, you now, Marvin. Me? Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I think Ron should be a good politician because whatever he says, you can't believe him. And I think they pulled hell because the pressure of Ron keeping his job. That's the only reason. What do you mean? He's not going to have a job. I think he even knows that. Explain to me. Win the game? He would have got fired right after that game if he would have kept Hal in the game. Why? Because he's... Think about it, man. How many people call in frustrated about what he's doing? And ownerships are trying to sell tickets for next year. This is this is just a, a soap opera, man. Every morning you guys talk about the <laughs> you same stuff. You got that part stuff. right. You got that part I mean, right, Marvin. And then and then he has the audacity to be the head coach, the defensive coordinator slash GM, and he's a knucklehead. He's a dinosaur, man. And now you got you got the quarterback shell shock. He he can't even he don't even know what he's doing anymore. So he he's been hit so many times. It's unfortunate. The guy got a, some potential, 
but now he sells up. Okay. So, Thanks, Marvin. Good, good luck. Good luck. Getting the the call. Back and- you got the part about the soap opera, right? That's for sure. But we've been, we've gotten used to this soap opera. Um, as the world turns, is that a soap opera? Uh, I forget. Days of our lives. These have been the days of our lives over the last 20 something years. Drew, Drew, go ahead. Hey, Kevin, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I think you're partially correct. I think, uh, you know, the long term, Sam probably has a higher roof long term. Uh, but I think the combination of, you know, the fact that Rivera got, you know, informed that he probably wasn't coming back, as well as the fact that the season was over, I think they probably hit a point where they said there's probably only so much more development we can get out of Sam Howell. So, you know, let's, let's kind of pull him even for his own ego. But I will say um, this romanticizing of Brissett, asking how many more games we're going to win, uh, this is really starting to remind me a lot of Heineke versus Wentz last year. And Sabah was right about that. Heineke was the guy. So let's not get too high on Brissett. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, you know, Sam Howells has had a good second year of his NFL career. But fact of the matter is some of the all-time greats take some time to develop. You think about it, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't do much until his third year. Kirk Cousins peaked his third or fourth year. And obviously Phillip Rivers took over the NFL by storm his third year as well. So, Well, he took the NFL by storm for, for many years. By the way, Drew, he just had another child. So we're into the double digits for, for that, uh, you know, uh-huh. large Catholic uh, family of, of Phillips. Uh, Hall of Famer, future uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Thank you, Drew, for bringing up one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks. Let's go to Eric and Bowie. Eric, go ahead. Why do you think Ron... And the team made the decision to finally yank him in that game. I think take my call, Kevin. But I think I really do believe Ron was trying to save his job because. Uh, and, and the first thing is he's not a good coach. So it's like, why all of a sudden you all of a sudden with three to four games left, you pulling Sam Howell to, to, to do what? Like, what are you trying to? What are you trying to do? Are you, I, I just really think he was just trying to save his job. And understand this. Might- Explain to me. I, I, I may be missing this, but how was pulling Sam Howe late in a twenty-eight to seven game in LA an attempt to save his job? The only thing I can come up with is why do you care now? Why do you care what the team is going to do when you're out of the door at the end of the season? Like, why do you care? Like, why do you care if Sam is messing up? Because I, I just think he feel like at the end of the season, he can go and talk to Josh Harris and say, you know, I pulled Sam. I didn't think Sam was doing too good. And just plead and beg for a job. I just think that's the reason why he yeah. did it. Because there's no other reason why to pull him if you're going out, if you're out the door anyway. Why do you care we lose? I mean, uh, Ashley, you're, uh, you're giving us, putting Brissett put, put in there, you think Brissett is better. And like, like, like I said earlier this week, that uh, that's going to mess up a, a, draft, a draft position. So if you care about the team as much as you say you do, let us lose, and so we can set up the future to get a you know what I mean a, a better quarterback. Yeah, that's what I can think. Yeah, thanks for the call. I I um to look against the Cowboys and the 49ers, It really doesn't matter who starts a quarterback. If those two teams need to win that game, Washington's not going to win that game. They can't get off the field against either one of those two teams. If the 49ers are still battling, and they probably will on New Year's Eve against Washington at FedEx Field for the number one overall seed in a bye. I mean, that I can tell you right now, that line, they'll be a double-digit, maybe a 14-point dog at home in that game. 
Denton. They could be. Certainly they'd be a, a 10 to 12 point dog at home. Uh, the 49ers will, will roll up 40 easily uh, in that game against Washington's defense and what it's become uh, this year. Let's go to Matt in Richmond. Matt, why do you think they, they you know, two, 36 hours later, why do you think they got to the point where they pulled Taylor Heineke when they've left him in there and it's been about development all year long and letting him work through things? Why didn't they let him work through that situation Sunday in L.A.? They pulled Howell because they, Ron finally understands that Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback. If you look at this from a wider picture, George Allen would have started Jacoby Brissett when he was Redskins head coach back, and, and he would have had Brissett in there at the Buffalo game or the Bears game at the latest. Why would we, why would we be we've – been, we've been losing fans for 20 years. Why would we care about grooming this quarterback for the future when we've got a better quarterback right on the, on the roster? Who well, showed it? You know, do it Ryan. earlier. Why didn't he do it earlier in the season? If it was about winning and they knew that Brissett was better, why didn't he pull him? Why didn't he do it earlier? That'd be a good question to ask you. Are they concerned about team chemistry if they benched Howell? But if that's the case, why would we care about the quarterback's feelings? Why would we just go with the better guy, which is Jacoby? Because because Jacoby's not you know the answer long term. And they entered this season with Sam as, of the two, the guy whose ceiling was unknown. And so let's see if we can leave the new regime and these fans with at least a quarterback. And who knows? If he's really, really good, maybe it'll save us and give us another year. That was, the, that was their play. Because what was Brissett really going to provide them with this year? Like we just said, 7-7 seven and seven at this point, best case probably wouldn't even have made the playoffs given the the state of the NFC and with what their schedule is the rest of the year, even if Jacoby Brissett had started 14 games this year. This season was always about Sam. What interests me is what made them finally decide the development, at least for today, is over. The letting him work through it today with seven and a half minutes to go is over. I think they got very frustrated because, and I think it's telling that Sam wasn't progressing in some of the areas that they really wanted to see him progress. And they got frustrated and they wanted to see, you know, they wanted him to see what it looked like, or they wanted to see if Jacoby could run it, or they just emotionally had had it. And that's telling too. I think the significance of pulling Sam in a developmental season when they were letting him work through it in other games is telling as it relates to Sam. Right now, maybe things would change in the future. What else, Matt? Sorry. What I don't think you're taking account is we've been suffering fans for 20 years uh, since the, since Nor Turner before that, Joe Gibbs. So why would why would just give, go with a quick hook? How will still be around? He's under a rookie contract. Why, you know? Let him sit until Jacoby, you know, plays himself out. Either gets hurt or, or whatever. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Matt. That's Appreciate my counter. It. 301-230-0980. Colby, Jody, uh, Ian, uh, Robert, Pauly, uh, Joe, stay on hold. We'll get to your calls. Why do you think they finally got to the point where, at least on Sunday in the moment, they stopped having it be about development and letting the young guy work through it and 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 bounce back and be resilient and see how he would handle the situation after throwing a pick. That's what it was all year long. And then Sunday, they decided they'd yank him. Uh, why do you think? 
the decision was made. And do you think it's telling to a certain degree? 301-230-0980. More of your calls next. Nikki Javala will join us at 11 a.m. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Wizards out west, part of their West Coast road trip. They took on the Sacramento Kings late, and they lost. Another 143 points given up by the Wizards' defense, 143-131 to 131 the final. Kyle Kuzma scores 27, Jordan Poole with 28 to lead the Wizards. De'Aaron Fox led all scores with 30 points. Wizards now 4-22 and on the season. They're back in action on Thursday in Portland to take on the Trailblazers. You'll be able to hear that right here on the Team 980. And that's what's trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Ron, could you uh, clarify a little bit yesterday when you said you, you pulled Sam Howell to sort of protect him? Could you kind of clarify what you mean by that? Pretty much what I said. Are you talking physically, mentally? You're afraid of another pick six? Like, like I said, just it's, it's exactly what I said, Ben. <laughs> he didn't want to answer it a day later uh, with too much detail. By the way, um, they did add a long snapper. Right when the show ended yesterday, the news came that they released Cameron Cheeseman, probably the least uh, surprising thing of the season. Although, then again, we thought it would have happened earlier in the season. Uh, but they have added Tucker Addington to the practice squad, according to Nikki and John and Ben and everybody, with the intention of being him being elevated to the 53 to be their long snapper for the final three games of the year. He was um, on Jacksonville's uh, uh, roster over the summer, but was waived on August 29th. He was with the Patriots and the Cowboys and the Houston Gamblers of the USFL uh, over the last few years. He was a long snapper at Sam Houston State. And unlike Cam Cheeseman, he went undrafted. 301-230-0980, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post coming up at 11 a.m. All right, uh, why? Have you given it any thought? Why do you think, seriously, they pulled him? This season's been about development. It's about letting him work through things. You know, Ron, you know, the, the famous, at this point, infamous uh, preseason line about, you know, if we go 8-8-1 eight, 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 eight and one and I get fired, but I leave you with a roster and a quarterback, I'll feel vindicated. So it's always, all season long, been about development, been about Sam, letting him play through it, even in much worse moments. But on Sunday, with seven and a half minutes to go, they yanked him. Why, wh- why do you think so? And do you think it's telling in any way? 
Um, let's go to Ian. Ian, go ahead. Kevin, I think he was pulled because they were afraid that he was going to get another pick, potentially a pick six, and just kind of quote-unquote protect his mental psyche. I totally agree that he was in no physical harm compared to the other games, but I think I agree with you that they were just kind of like, you're missing obvious players. But like I said yesterday, I think that move to Brissett vindicated uh, in a way all the people who are like, it's everybody else's fault, but how I think it showed the coaching staff, what they could have been and frankly should have been this year, because this notion that you're always in development mode, it was obvious earlier that Sam Howe's not the guy I wish they had gone to Brissett earlier. Who knows what could have happened, but yeah, I, I just think they were afraid of his mental psyche, even being further harmed. All right. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I think the the whole fear of him throwing another pick six. I mean, you know, I guess the odds were higher with him, with your typical quarterback, given that he had had three games in a row. Was it three games in a row with a pick six and four of them this year, I think, whatever it was. Um, I, I just think whether it was a pick six or another near pick or just another interception or another missing a receiver where he comes back to the sideline and they're looking at the you know they're looking at at, at their 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 iPad um or their Microsoft pad and they're like see i mean look look the we had it designed to go right here did you not why didn't you do it and maybe they just got to the point where it was frustrating for them frustrating for him um, and maybe a little bit discouraging for him, and they didn't want that to, to happen anymore. Um, but I think if that's true, that's pretty telling. You know, it's certainly not a slam dunk that you're investing in, in building around Sam if that's where they got to with him. Unless you just want to say, well, it's them, it's not him. You know, g- give him a real coaching staff, and maybe it would look better. Uh, but that, you know, kind of got disproven a little bit with two drives, in two drives by Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Colby's calling from Atlanta. Colby, go ahead. Yeah. I, what's up, Kevin, first of all? Um, hey. hey, Colby, what's up? Hey. So, yeah, I feel like this is a situation where, where, where two coaches are at odds. You got Ron, who is trying to survive by showing that Sam is the future, not necessarily survive, but – you know what he said in the beginning of the season is he wanted to, he wanted to show that whether he has the job or not after this season that Sam is the guy, and I think that he set out to do that um, regardless. Um, and then you have Eric Bieniemy who's come into the to the team his first year, really forced into this situation, and he has to prove that he can lead an offense. Um, I think it got to a point where Eric Bieniemy is saying I'm limited in the things that I can do because the quarterback is limited. You know, he can't drop back as as you have mentioned several times. He can't throw with he can't read and throw with anticipation. And I think that has made him a limited quarterback and that has made Eric Bieniemy a limited play caller. And I think it got to a point where you know, Eric Bieniemy has told the coach several times and now he finally got he finally budged and you saw what came out of the play calling was, you know, touchdowns. And you saw a Brissett being able to drop back at times and, and deliver the ball. Um, so I think that you got two guys in survival mode who 
who need two different things to happen for for their yeah. career or their reputation to, to, to continue on as a positive way. Thanks for the call. I thought about what you just said there at the end. I thought about whether or not there was a conversation at any point between Ron and Eric where Eric said, look, if, if I get Jacoby into the game, everything we've been working on, everything we've been calling, it's, it's going to be better. Sam's still developing. And I think you know some of the hyperbole after Sunday and him getting yanked is just that. It's exaggeration because Sam can read defenses. Sam can process. It's just not the strength right now, the drop-back game for him. Uh, there are some limitations there right now. doesn't mean that he won't develop into – uh, into a better pure dropback passer, into a guy that sees it more clearly and quicker. Um, that comes with playing uh, a, a lot more. And they've been talking about that all season long, and there have been ups and downs. There have been games where he's looked real good in that role. Um, but I think, I, I, I wonder whether or not this was as much about trying to make Biennemi look a little bit better because look, the the the, the narrative on Eric Biennemi this season has been up and down. It's like, oof, that was awful. Wow, that was really impressive. I mean, 400 plus yards, 300 yards in the air, 29 points, you know, 31 points. The Philly, the two Philly games in particular, for for sure. Um, and this has always been Eric Biennemi's year to prove that he can shine without Andy Reid, without Patrick Mahomes, without Travis Kelsey, without Tariq Hill, et cetera, et cetera. We've known that. And um, part of that was trying to develop a young quarterback. And, you know, I think there, there are probably people around the league that have seen at, at times this year have said he's doing a good job with Sam. But we know that some of it, I don't want to say it was fool's gold necessarily, but man, they were playing some bad defensive teams there for a while, and they haven't here recently. Uh, Paulie, Paulie, go ahead. Big guy, how you doing, man? Hell What's to the W. Hey, look, man, this wasn't about Ron trying to lose his job. This was about Ron not completely losing his team for the last three games. 45-10, right, We begin shellacked out there. All right, Sunday, it wasn't just the offense playing bad. It wasn't just the defense playing bad. You know, the special teams was playing bad with Chief on getting field goals blocked. It was just total misery out there. Ron had to stop the bleeding somewhere. Right, this wasn't even an exact indictment on Howell or being any. This was Ron having to keep some type of positive morale for getting blown out again for a third straight week. Try at least, you know, make the score respectable at the end so that it didn't look like, you know, 45, 10, 45, 15, 35, seven. So it didn't look like Jim's on where the wheels just completely came off the tracks. That's it. And and it was a veteran. Your your phone's breaking. Your phone's breaking. So you look at can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Uh, you look at you look at how man he's been sped up over the past three weeks. Everything you can see it in him. Maybe he needed to take a breath, take a step back, and, and so he can complete the season. Because you can see he's being sped up, and that's just from being you know attacked and hit and pressured all year long. But honestly, I just think it was about not losing the team 
completely for these last three games. I take it off my head. That indictment on its own, though, of Sam, because we ha- we would have never said that even before this game. No one would have said that even last week. And I don't think that's true. I don't think he was on the verge of losing the team because the locker room knows. You know, the locker room sees Jacoby's much better. I don't think that's the case, Paulie, at all. I think it was they who got frustrated. What you just said about not getting, you know, mollywopped as you as you as you direct messaged me the other day, three weeks in a row, maybe that had something to do with it. And they were afraid of oh, he's gonna throw another pick, he's gonna get sacked, it it's gonna turn into a forty two to seven final if we don't get somebody out there that can at least throw to the people who are open. Uh, that, you know, might make a little more sense, but I don't think it's a, a losing the locker room situation. I don't. Um, let's go to, uh, where are we going next? We're going to Robert. Robert, finish it up for us. Yeah, I, I think that was really a enemy decision. I, I think he just reached the point where he, he'd seen enough, at least in that game. Uh, you know, Rivera probably gave him the okay, but let's face it, Rivera's coaching clock is on snooze, so... Uh, I think that would have been the enemy decision. And uh, on the bright side, Kevin, Ravens at the 49ers this Sunday. Hopefully Uh, they put on a good show for us. Enjoy. I've already made my wife aware that Sunday night, it is Christmas night. Thanks for the call and Merry Christmas to you, Robert. Um, That Sunday night, that is as good of a holiday game as we have had, right, Denton, in years. I mean, that is a true right now Probable? I don't want to say probable. It could. It, it is a 50-50 chance that we're watching a Super Bowl preview a month and a half before the, the Super Bowl game on Sunday night. Christmas night, Monday night, Baltimore at San Francisco. Wow. Pretty good game. Uh, the other two games that day stink. Uh, Chiefs, Raiders, Giants, Eagles. Although for the Eagles, big game for them. They got to win. They lost last night. Nikki Javala from the Washington Post next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.